When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do reviews and recaps of your favorite movies and shows. We focus on representation and the voices that are ignored. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Lee, a.k.a. Watch the Lee, I'm here, my boy, Jack. We drop live episodes on YouTube on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. All episodes can also be found everywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to all our supporters. Please help us by subscribing and leaving a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yo, 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 salam, nerd. It's your boy, Neves, a.k.a. Watch with Neves, And I have a couple of great guests here for you today. Uh, Jazz is not here with us today because Jazz actually does not watch Doctor Who. And there's way too many episodes for him to catch up. We were like, all right, Jazz, we'll wait for you to catch up. And then we're like, oh, no, it's like a hundred few episodes, which is fine because he's making me catch up on one piece which is just as many episodes so we're 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 equals here so it's fine uh but let me introduce you guys to our couple of guests first i want to introduce you guys to nick nick welcome how are you i'm doing good thank you how are you all doing today good good tell us a little bit about yourself real quick uh so yeah i'm from california uh whovian since 2008 uh kind of a lapsed whovian so uh this these specials brought me back uh, which is nice. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. We also like to introduce you to Sarah. Sarah, I should say shalom, nurse, to you. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to our show. Thanks. Tell it's us nice a little bit here. about you. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey. And yeah, rocking out on the East Coast. Um, and I have a TikTok page and I started watching Doctor Who literally last year. I think like this time last year, I was probably on Peter Capaldi. Um, and now I love I love Doctor Who. <laughs> I, I, I am so jealous of you to ha be able to experience that for the first time. I wish I could go back in time and just wipe my memory like Donna Noble and go back and rewatch <laughs> all the episodes because I love Doctor Who so much. It is so good. There are definitely episodes that make me cry. There's definitely episodes that make me laugh. Um, but obviously, whenever we have somebody on the episode uh, or anyone talks about Doctor Who, you have to ask people who is their favorite doctor. So so let's go around the room. And, and Nick, who is your favorite doctor? Uh, so for me, it would probably be either the second doctor, uh, if you want to go classic or if for the new Whovians, uh, Capaldi is definitely my boy. Ooh, nice. Nice. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, Sarah, what about you? I have to say the 11th doctor, Matt Smith, definitely my favorite doctor loved his quirky personality. I could not agree more. It's, it's a hard choice between Tenet and uh, Matt Smith, but I got to go with Matt Smith. There's something about his energy where he can be goofy, but also scary at the same time. Like he means business, but he's also like a goofy child, right? It's just such a magical and entertaining 
like presence that he has is really really cool and but i gotta say man david Tennant does have that special magic too and i didn't realize it until the 50th episode the one where david Tennant and matt smith are together and you can see their chemistry and you're like oh man i remember why i love david Tennant so much and david Tennant <laughs> is a fantastic actor and not just in doctor who but uh jessica jones he does uh, scrooge mcduck uh broad church like anything he's done he has been incredible at and i really really love uh david Tennant, and i am so glad that he's back uh did you expect this because when i heard the news that david Tennant was coming back i was like this makes no sense how is this gonna work well what were your guys thoughts when you when you heard the news that he was going to be back uh nick so I guess for me, I learned from watching a YouTube video, like it was the the power of the doctor, the final moments. And I thought someone just edited it as a joke. So I had like obviously went on to the socials like, oh, this is for real. OK, this is, um, you know, I, I was cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah, what about you? I think I was expecting it. Um, I don't know. He appeared in the 50th anniversary and I was like, oh, well, there's a high probability that he's going to return again. Um, I think also just the likability of David Tennant and just like the immense fan base that he has. And like he introduced so many people to Doctor Who, I feel like, um, or like his particular doctor. So I feel like bringing him back is kind of just like nostalgic for a lot of people. And I think it was a strategic choice and expected. <laughs> I think not only it was it a surprise that they're bringing back David Tennant, but also Catherine for Donna Noble. And when I found this out, I was actually more happy about this than I was about <laughs> the doctor because this cliffhanger, this like unfinished business, this little plot hole bothered the crap out of me. Like everyone gets some kind of happiness, but Donna has to literally forget everything she literally he, he gives her space alzheimer's like it's crazy <laughs> and i always felt bad about that i felt so bad about it but like we got to close this chapter and i feel like that is such a great way to do it what are your thoughts about donna how did you feel about her as a companion let's go with sarah first um yeah i love her as a companion i also thought that like she got done dirty at the end of the 10th doctor's run i was like damn this is terrible um and i thought you know like classic doctor who fashion it was just like heartbreak i was like okay whatever it's par for the course um but i am glad that they brought her back and that now she gets to live with like i mean i guess i'm skipping ahead but she gets to live with david Tennant or yeah. like the uh, 14th doctor which is really cool yeah um, absolutely so yeah, i was really happy <laughs> Nick, what are your thoughts about Donna coming back? Yeah, so uh, I was, again, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I was kind of worried the BBC was just backpedaling so hard that it was just like a uh, uh, nostalgia bait. But mm. I was, after actually having seen the special, and I know we'll jump into it, uh, I was very happy with how they tied up all those loose ends with her, her tragedy and kind of how they moved on from that and addressed it. So I was very, my fears were put to rest. Yeah. And the fact that Russell T. Davies himself is back to direct and, and be the showrunner of the show definitely brings back that old Doctor Who feel. Even though I I really enjoyed Jodie, I think like even though I didn't love her seasons, I think there are a few episodes that are some of the best episodes 
of all Doctor Who. The Demons of Punjab and the Rosa Parks episode that she did are two of the best Doctor Who episodes I think that are out there. They were just so well written. The cinematography was beautiful. Uh, I just really, really love those two. So, so, you know, no hate against her or anything like that. But it was fun to see this little storyline or this little thread that was just sticking out finally be pulled and you kind of get like the closure that you need for a lot of this. So love that. Um, and let's kind of go into this. Let's go into the stuff that happened. So we know that Jody has to regenerate and she is regenerates into a face that is familiar. And he tells himself why, why this face? And then he also runs into Donna Noble and she doesn't recognize him. So they kind of have this whole thing. And then she yells out Rose. And then he's like, Rose? <laughs> I thought that was really funny because I didn't know what was going to happen. That, And he found out that Rose is, is her kid. And I don't know. I really, really en enjoyed that little bit of back and forth with them because it felt familiar. Like, there's a lot of companions. And yes, I love Karen Gillian. I love uh, Clara. I love a lot of these. But it was only Catherine Tate who I feel like um, they feel like brother and sister a little bit. There's no romantic chemistry between them. Like even though they had Rory and he thought of them more as like not romantic, there was like a few episodes where there was a little bit of like, is what you call it, is she into him? Is she not? It was kind of weird, right? Whereas like Catherine Tate never really was attracted to David Tennant, and she. She she what she would roast him all the time, and I I love that about their ke chemistry. Uh, what are your thoughts about their chemistry? Let's go with Nick this time. Uh, so first off, not being attracted to David Tennant is one of the least believable parts of the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, but with that being said, I do love their chemistry, um, and I definitely uh, felt that they really did the chemistry right with these specials they just slipped right back into it yeah uh this this uh dynamic of them just uh just going at each other like best friends usually do and i thought that was fantastic absolutely uh sarah what are your thoughts yeah i completely agree i really like their friendship um and i think considering that Catherine tate comes from a background of comedy um i think her like you know using that as like kind of like a a groundwork, I guess, for the relationship between her and the doctor and kind of just building off of that, I think is really like, it makes their relationship like over the top, I think. Yeah, it's totally over the top. It's so funny. Um, so what happened at the end that some of you may not know, most of you guys are probably Doctor Who fans who are listening, but if in case you're not, Donna takes on all of the information of a Time Lord and that information is too much for one person to handle. So what he has to do is to wipe her memory so that she could basically hold all of this knowledge in her subconscious. Now, because of that, she doesn't know who she is and they're kind of interacting and her family, some of her family knows that she cannot be introduced to the doctor. So they're freaking out. Her mom's freaking out a little bit. She doesn't want her to remember. Uh, he also runs into her husband. He runs into her uh, kid. And in this scene, you get to learn that her kid grew up very different. Uh, it was she was a 
boy and then she transitioned into a girl and people would make fun of her and i didn't understand what was happening until they have that conversation because you see the kids screaming at her and you're like what's going on here and then you realize what it is and basically she's non-binary in this situation which is kind of like a unique situation and because of, of this you get to see a little bit later on how that played into it. But I thought that was really, really cool because we also learned that technically the doctor is also non-binary because he was just a woman. So it's very interesting how they, they put that together. And I really thought that was a cool introduction to the show. Um, what are your thoughts, Sarah? Yeah, I totally agree. I, th I think the diversity has been at the focal point of Doctor Who, especially in the recent years, you know, just kind of like progressing as society does. Um, and so I think having Yasmin Khan playing this character and just like having her, you know, uh, embody, um, you know, a transgender woman and then also having, you know, the doctor come out as <laughs> non-binary, I think it's a great strive and I'm glad that they did it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people pushed back on the Jodie Whittaker season saying it's too woke and Russell Demon's like, oh, you think that was too woke? Watch what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it even more woke and you're going to like it. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, first off, Doctor Who has always been woke. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> part of the appeal of the show from the 60s up to the modern day. Um, and I thought... Uh, and just by I've talked about this with several uh, transgenders as well, uh, is that this is one of the few times they get it right. Um, mm. It's not they're just waving the look at us. We're woke. Give us money thing. But it actually was like, oh, here's a solid character that just happens to be transgender, just like the doctor. Yeah, no, very, very cool. I, I thought it was a creative way to add that in there. Uh, and it gets even more creative at the end, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so we learned that there is some kind of alien explosion happening here. And what's Doctor Who without aliens, right? So we see this cute little alien and you're like, this little thing can't be evil. It's cute. <laughs> uh, and then she tries to, you know, keep it secret. And later on, we learn that we're trying to protect this little cute alien from all of these like alien cops out there. And we're like, okay, makes sense. And then somewhere down the line, the doctor realizes that the guns are on stun. They're not trying to kill anybody. So he's like, all right, you know what? Let's figure this out. He puts on a wig, become the judge. And he's like, okay, we got to figure this out. And then turns out the alien was the bad guy and the cops were actually the good guys which I thought was a cool twist. Did you guys see that coming or was that Cause that was completely out of the blue for me, Sarah. Yeah, it was totally, I did not expect it to happen to like happen. And like the moment the meep turned into like this bad character, I was like, wait, <laughs> hold on. It was like the massive Uno reverse card. I don't think I've seen anything like that in Doctor Who in a while. Um, and so I really, I really enjoyed the switch up because, you know, it was completely unexpected. And you're like, okay, sure. We're going with this now. Yeah. That's so funny. And he's like, there's the part where he goes like, why are you assuming his pronouns are he? He goes, Oh, that's right. What is your pronouns? My pronouns are meep. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Your pronouns are meep. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Nick, what did you think of meep? 
Uh, so first off, I don't care evil or not. I want to meet uh, stuffed <laughs> animal. Um, but that being said, uh, I kind of just had a feeling going in that Meep would be evil, uh, just because this is based off a nether story where Meep tries to take over the world. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, the internet ruined that twist for me. Uh, but overall, it was so enjoyable, and the scene with the doctor and the wig is so David Tennant doctor that you're just like, all right, yeah. Let's just do this. And I thought the way that they handled that reveal of me being evil was just so great. And just like, yeah, hell with this. Uh, I'm evil now. Yeah. You see uh, the teeth come out. And he's like, oh, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> got these creepy ass <laughs> teeth. And I was like, okay, I got you. Um, and then, you know, lots of hilarity ensues. Donna and Ten try to figure out their relationship. They end up fixing the ship. And to fix this ship, she has to, you know, go into her subconscious and figure out how she would do this as a doctor. And he's telling her, don't do it because you will die. Uh, but she does it anyways. And she's able to fix the ship. And now she's going to die. But something magical happens. Turns out because she has a kid, she transferred some of that because the knowledge was too much for one person to bear. But now there's two people. And I thought that was a really cool twist to keep Donna alive. I really thought she was going to die. I was like, oh, no. She came back for one season just to die. But they they got one over on us. They 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 pulled a fast one. Sarah, what are your thoughts? Um, I didn't think she was going to die because um, in all of the, you know, like, the posters that were, you know, I didn't from... see any of the posters. So, so, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's why it was a surprise to me. Well, I didn't think she was gonna die, or at least like maybe she was gonna get cloned. But it was definitely classic Doctor Who again, like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. It like happened, and it happened the way it was gonna happen. I also think that was kind of um, a foreshadow for you know uh, the Doctor's final moments at, at the final episode, um, just like something that you wouldn't really think could happen in Doctor Who, yeah. but of course, you know they somehow made it happen because it's Doctor Who. Um, I definitely yeah. thought it was really sweet that that was the way that they did it, though, is just to say, like, oh, this is the connection through genetics, and uh, it's kind of sciencey, but also very, um, like, mother-daughter relationship. It was, it was nice. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts about Donna surviving? Uh, yeah, so uh, this is because for a while I was like, oh, they Disney-fied it. They, you know, they copped <laughs> out. It's a, such a cop-out. But, like, upon, you know, chewing on it, and especially with this discussion here, I'm like, you know what? It actually was a really cool way. And it was a way to for Russell T. Davies, you know, to write himself out of a corner. Uh, you know, it's yeah. silly, but Doctor Who is is silly at the end of the day. Of course. So, so, yeah, I thought... Uh, there were definitely worse ways it could have been handled. And it was such a beautiful scene. Even if Donna survived, it was still a beautiful scene. I love that scene. Also, shout out to people in the comments. We got Straw Hat Goofy in the comments. Yes, we are Woo! talking about Doctor Who. I forgot you're a Whovian. Check your DMs, bro. I've been trying to get you on the podcast forever. All right. All right. Listen. The thing that I loved about this, when you find out that Donna lives because she shared this thing with her daughter, but you also realize that 
the clues were there all along. Like the shed was the TARDIS. All her stuffed animals were the people that like she, they fought when they were together. I love that. You see the adipose and everything. And I'm just like, oh my God, it was in front of us the whole time. I love this. I love it when like the clues are there the whole time. Like unusual suspects kind of thing where like, you don't expect the clues were there in front of you, but they were. And then at the end, they show it to you and you're like, whoa, it blows my mind. Classic Doctor Who, my favorite part. And then I felt something. I was like, whoa, this feels like Doctor Who. This feels like classic Doctor Who. And that was really one of my favorite thoughts. What were your thoughts when all of that came together? Uh, let's go with Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. Actually, that whole like <laughs> revelation of like figuring out that the stuffed animals were like, uh, references to other Doctor Who um, series I didn't actually figure out I, I had to see a TikTok about it I was like oh my gosh that actually makes a lot of sense because I feel like like uh, the unseen was kind of a theme throughout the entire episode like or like throughout Donna's life at least you know she mm -hmm. was never uh, in events that you know could have taken place like even in the 10th Doctor's run like she didn't know that there were alien attacks happening even now like there was like a crash landing ship and she didn't know it was there and I think that was kind of like the stuffed animals were kind of symbolic of maybe us, you know, just not really seeing what is right in front of us and what that symbolism is. And then we see it by the end. And so does Donna. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, what are your thoughts? I absolutely love what uh, Sarah just said there, uh, tying it back to the audience. Um, for me, it was one of those things that even after they revealed it, I was like, wait, what? And I had to like <laughs> watch it several times. I was like, oh, okay. It all comes together now. Uh, we're not I'm not going crazy. OK, yeah, I, I love that. I love when they put everything together and then we get like this nice little happy ending. And then, you know, Donna's like, you know, uh, let's go on a little bit of a trip for all time's sake. And that leads us into episode two, which I thought was really cool. So they go to the TARDIS. They visit Isaac Newton for some reason. And like <laughs> the Internet's freaking weird. Like the Internet was up in a tizzy about isaac newton being portrayed by a black man and then like i'm like first of all go to imdb he's not even black <laughs> it's like the guy's half white half indian but they're just so mad and doctor who does this on purpose sometimes where they're just like you know change people's race race men because we don't know not everything in history is true things sometimes are whitewashed so we don't know it's been a it's been a theme in doctor who so i thought they did that i thought that was pretty cool then they go to the ship they find this robot that's walking super slow now the first half of this episode i don't know what's going on and i thought like oh i think they might be losing me so the first episode i was like this is great everything makes sense everything's happening super fast i get it this one is starting up a little bit slower and for the first half i'm kind of like hmm i don't know if this this episode is it's going to be good uh and it was starting to lose me but it definitely makes up in the second half. But what were your thoughts in the beginning of this episode when they're at the ship and you're trying to figure out what's going on? Uh, Nick. Uh, so just going back to the Isaac Newton thing. Yeah. Um, first off, I appreciate anything that makes those types of people angry. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, if anyone that keeps the hit haters angry, I'm all for. Um, also, I, I do want to say though, they kind of wore Mavity a bit thin. Uh, throughout the episodes like oh first time okay that's cute and then throughout the episodes like, uh, okay uh we, we get it mavity um but that being said i really enjoy like you said it was slow but uh for me it was more they were just building this atmosphere yeah. and i really 
liked it. Um, I do feel with this one, the atmosphere was a bit inconsistent because uh, then it's like creepy one moment and then really just laughably goofy yes. the next. Um, and, you know, again, it's Doctor Who. It's silly, but it, it, I feel like that was the biggest weakness was like, okay, I either pick your cake or, uh, you know, eat it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I agree with you. I feel like the even though it was slow, I feel like it brought this tension into the episode that was really needed because I get really creeped out at what happens next. But Sarah, what are your thoughts about the first half of this episode? Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I like the introduction of Isaac Newton. I think there's a lot of people throughout history that are just like characterized as one particular race when, mm -hmm. you know, you don't actually know. Like, exactly. <laughs> um, history is an enigma. Um, but I agree, like the tonality of the whole, you know, first half was definitely very interesting. It was like suspicious, but then, you know, the doctor or Donna would make a joke and you'd be like, okay, it's it's not suspicious, I guess. I don't know. But there was a moment when, I mean, I don't do really well with horror. Um, so there was a moment when I had to turn off the volume and I was like, okay, this is so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so I kind of, I kind of like those moments of comedy where I'm like, okay, I can breathe. The, the part where he's like, my arms are too long. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and uh, that was a very creepy scene. I, I really, really liked that. I thought that scene was really, really creepy and like the fact that you don't realize that they're not talking to each other at one point you just realize oh shit they're both not talking to each other i thought that was really really cool very well done and the other thing is this is one of those episodes where like yes there is an element of doctor who that's like space and aliens and all this crazy stuff but there's an also another element of doctor who that's like hey there's a mystery to be solved and this is one of those like mystery episodes like the angels um in the david Tennant episodes right that was a mystery that people were trying to solve but what's going on here and i feel like what they're trying to do in these three episodes are giving you the all types of doctor who episode they're giving you the classic aliens they're giving you the the mystery and the third one we'll, we'll talk about that one which is like a big dope villain right which i think is really really cool so they're giving us like all three of like classic doctor who types of episodes and i think that's really really cool um so yeah after this they they go on and they realize the tardis ran away because whenever there's danger the tardis has a thing where it kind of runs away so they got to make sure that the danger goes away um and then they find out that there's these monsters there that kind of replicate you what were your thoughts when you found out about these monsters uh sarah Oh, I thought they were so scary. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like <laughs> cloning. It's getting weird. And I thought, I thought they were really, I thought they were really interesting because they were able to like go into the minds of the people that they were taking over, like slowly yeah. but surely. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. They're not just taking over the body. They know like their memories and even like memories that were buried so deep, like in Donna's case, like she, Donna doesn't remember, but like her clone remembers yeah. you know, her time Lord experience. And I thought they were, I thought they were really creepy in that regard. Like, it's like, I don't even know what's happening. Like, they don't know what's happening. So it just makes it like double. <laughs> yeah. When the clone yeah. talked about all the things that happened to the doctor while they were separated and like the doctor was really freaked out and he thought it was really them. I thought that was really creepy when he, they kind of, he, the alien flipped it on dude. Like what? You thought that was me? Like, 
that was so invasive. Like it, I, I felt he violated for him when that happened. I thought that was really cool. Uh, we got some questions in the comments. Someone says, isn't it a four part episode? No. So David Tennant is only in three parts. And the fourth is a Christmas, Christmas episode, which is a separate episode, which we will be doing next week. Um, uh, is this a bottleneck episode? It kind of was a bottleneck episode because yeah. he did have to recap some of the stuff that was happening. Uh, but then we find out that like these aliens are trying to take over the ship and wherever they go, they're going to inhabit that place and they will just ruin it. So the captain of the ship went outside and basically killed himself and then he put the ship in self-destruct mode and that's why that alien in the beginning was walking so slow what were your thoughts about the revelation when you find out what the actual twist was nick you want to go uh so yeah i thought it was great um it really tied it itself together really nicely um i also just wanted to say uh that Catherine tate and david Tennant just absolutely killed it yes uh with with this episode uh they both they managed to do the surreal the silly the creepy and the fact that you had no idea who was who uh even up until the very end you still left you questioning um and i do love that twist at the end and i do like that quote unquote we'll say final battle why not mm. um yeah i thought they handled it tied itself just like with the star beast it tied itself uh perfectly uh with the first half and resolved everything very nicely yeah, yeah, it was definitely a creepy fight scene at the end where they're all big and they're blowing up and they're chasing them. I thought that was super creepy. Sarah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It was definitely, I don't even know. It was like such a, it was such a mystery up until the very end. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Like even, you know, like you guys were saying, like just like discovering like who was who and like what the robot was doing and even like how they're taking the memories and how they're taking the persona of the doctor and Donna just by like them thinking rapidly. Like that was even a mystery. Like how are they able to generate into these types of people? Um, yeah, it was just all a, a great mystery. And I don't, I don't remember who said it, but it did encapsulate kind of like the horror, the mystery, the comedy and the action. And I thought that was yeah. really great to have that staple doctor who uh, like just encompassing everything at the end. Absolutely. And then at the end, we we don't even know if he got the real Donna because like when she goes into the TARDIS, she's looking around and you find out, oh, shit, he picked the wrong person. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I thought they were going to do the cliche. He picks the right person at the end and everything is good. You realize, oh, no, he, he didn't. Did you guys expect that or see that coming? Uh, no, I did not. Um, and I thought that was a brilliant twist on the whole uh they you know like you said the he picked the right one oh of course but it's like no these cl clones did such a good job that even the doctor could not tell who his best friend was yep that's creepy uh sarah what are your thoughts i kind of had a feeling at the end that he would pick the wrong one just because you know the clone donna was just gaining so much information and yeah uh, i feel like you know donna by the end might overthink it and that might be the real answer and that's ultimately what she did she's like really overthinking it whereas the clone was like i'm just gonna say what i think is right um so yeah it was definitely i think i expected it but it was still a big twist i was like oh damn donna is screwed <laughs> yeah, yeah so at the end of this episode they get away great episode very mystery uh oriented very scary whereas the first one was more like 
family centric and more like, oh, cool reveal. Uh, I thought this was really cool. At the end of this episode, he does visit Wilfred, which is one of the characters from Doctor Who. And I was very confused because I was like, um, I think this actor passed away. So I was very confused about that. What were your thoughts when you saw Wilfred, uh, Nick? So uh, the internet kind of ruined that surprise for me. Um, oh, no. I knew, yeah, I did know like right before he died, he like finished his shooting for Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but even that being said, it was such a welcome like, you know, you can't help but love Wilfred. And just seeing him even for that, like, one minute was just so, like, it, it brought me back to being a Whovian in 2008. It was just yeah. beautiful. It was really, really good. And, uh, Sarah, you just binged this, so you're probably more familiar with him because it's probably been a few years since we've seen him. But you've probably just seen him a little while ago. How was that? Yeah, I mean, I've always loved this character. And I think the fact that like the doctor sacrificed himself for Wilfred just like proves that relationship. And I always thought he was a very enduring character. Um, and I also agree with Nick, uh, the internet ruined it for me. Oh, <laughs> and no. I knew that he was coming. Um, and I also knew that it was going to be like a tribute to him because like very shortly after I heard that he stopped uh, filming, he also passed away. But yeah. um, I'm glad that we got that last scene with him. Yeah, I agree. It just made that scene so much more sadder and like mm -hmm. also beautiful at the same time. It was a really, really good episode. Um, all right. Then the final episode of the three-part chapter. Now, like I said, there's three types of Doctor Who's. There's the good family-oriented, makes you feel good episodes. Then there is the mystery and horror version of Doctor Who. Then there's the big villain, the master, or like, you know, uh, one of the big time lords that you have to fight against, or one of his big villains, uh, and then his death. So basically, this episode was going to have it. So, like, Russell T. Davis gave us like a whole season of David Tennant episodes in three episodes, <laughs> which I think is really, really great. It is so amazing that they did this. So, and they picked Neil Patrick Harris for this. And I, I have a tweet where, like, I think back in, like, 2014, I said Neil Patrick Harris would make a great Doctor Who. And now he's, like, <laughs> here as a Doctor Who villain. And he does a pretty good job. Like, he has this, like, uh, German accent. But you see it come in and out. And it goes through American. And it goes through British. And it's, like, I think it's meant to be, like, not a great accent. Uh, but it's so funny the way he does it. And he does such a good job of playing a menacing villain. And the fact that this is, like, a already established villain. It's not, like, a new villain. It's someone who's been in a Doctor Who lore. Uh, but they just recasted an actor. Um, what were your thoughts about this villain? Uh, Sarah, you want to go first? Yeah, I thought he, I mean, Neil Patrick Harris is absolutely brilliant. And I think picking him was the right choice, you know, considering he does magic and he is like a master shuffler. I don't even know what to call it, like card dealer. <laughs> um, and I definitely, I thought he was like the absolute perfect pick. And the villain himself was creepy, but also funny and kind of like confusing at times. I did think his German accent was kind of like, uh fake but it kind yeah. of also resembled you know the the toy maker himself you know being kind of like a fake personality but not really so i think it was it, it was very on par 
Yeah, people are saying he he has the he was like a master level villain. Yeah, he was a yes, really yeah. really good mm-hmm. villain for sure. Uh, so basically, what happens is there is a dummy that he sells. This dummy basically imprints himself on the first television that it was ever made, and because of that, he's been there all along. And because of that, he's able to brainwash all these people to, uh, I don't know how I would explain this, like think that they're right all the time, <laughs> which like kind of defines the internet because everyone thinks they're right on the internet anyways so I thought, like, yeah i can see this happening uh which i thought was really really cool and then the doctor figures it out he has a little back and forth with him he's like oh i'll challenge you to a game because apparently if you challenge him to a game you know it becomes something that like he has to honor um and then he has this spice girl scene where he just comes out and just <laughs> dances i was like where is this show going? What is this villain? I thought that was wild. Nick, what are your thoughts about the Spice Girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, let's just say that that is one of the greatest scenes in any Doctor Who episode uh, ever. Um, it is so over the top and so cheeky. Uh, it reminded me, uh, I just blanked on who did something similar uh, back in like season four or five. With It was a similar big villain, but he was just dancing to... Uh, I think it was Toxic by Britney Spears. So it oh, gave yes. off, yeah, uh, and it gave off that and en- same energy. But with this one time, it was like, okay, this is a fun Spice Girls. We're dancing along, but at the same time, he is just showing how in charge he is and how no one can stop him because, like, they're trying, and he's just dancing and just like turning people into like bullets into flowers and people into stuff. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. And it was a great way of establishing him as a threatening villain. Yeah. Very threatening, but funny at the same time, it was done so well. Sarah, what are your thoughts? I thought it was so fun. I couldn't help but smile throughout. I'm like, he's doing terrible things, but it's so great. <laughs> like it was so funny. Um, I, I think, you know, the comment that like, he's kind of like the master, I mean, the 13th doctor, master also had like that kind of scene but in that case you know everyone was kind of already captured and it wasn't as dramatic like he was just coming in dancing and kind of like asserting his authority but this one was like he is like fully in charge doesn't need to capture anybody he is just doing what he's gonna do and he's gonna have fun with it and i thought that was great now that you mention it not only did they do a dancing through toxic but they also did it to um What's that Russian song? Raw, raw. I forgot um, what it's called. Um, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah, they did it to that too. So this, this is starting to become a, a, a theme in Doctor Who. Uh, another, <laughs> another thing I thought was really crazy was when uh, the lady who was in charge of everything, she takes off the bracelet to show how it works. And she said some mean ass shit. You know? She was like, that, she can walk. <laughs> like, I see her walk. I was like, no, that's so out of pocket. <laughs> what were your thoughts about that? I mean, it kind of reminded me of this TikTok that I saw a few months back, and it was like of a woman on a plane. She's like, that man back there is not real. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was so funny. I was like, this is hilarious. Like, if everyone could be as candid as this, you know, if there was some bracelet that's like holding us back or something, like everyone took it off for like a hot second. It's like, oh, what are you actually thinking? (laughs) That's so funny. Nick, what are your thoughts about her being uh, <laughs> candid? Yeah, absolutely uh, out of pocket. Um, but also, <laughs> like, like it was, again, one of those things that I, I, the theme of this whole podcast, scary and, te- and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. It was terrifying because, 
let's face it, Kate Stewart at that scene was all of us on the internet. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, uh, even the best intention. That, so that was terrifying. But at the same time, like you were saying, what she's saying is just so like out there that it's hilarious. But at the same time, you're like, there's that little bit of, Ooh, you know, yeah. I know people like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh someone says like he felt like mixed implicit from the Superman yes. uh shows. And yeah, I do, I do have that vibe. Like he can give grant you any wish, but he also wants to like play a game with you, right? So I definitely see that. DCU, yeah, DCU should cast him. I think that'd be really funny. Um I, I really would like this. So what happens is he goes outside, he has his big laser, he does his good villain speech, and like I have this theory, like every good villain needs a badass villain speech they and i call it the killmonger mm -hmm. speech like every villain needs a killmonger <laughs> speech and they gave him his killmonger speech and you're like okay cool he's going to kill some of these people he threw some of them off the building like he this man is a menace right um mm -hmm. but he kills the doctor and he's like i'm not going to play this game with you i'm going to play it with the next one so as he tries to kill him instead of generating he by generates which is completely out of left field another thing that i didn't expect i don't know did the internet ruin this for you guys too or was this one of the things that you actually did get to experience uh yeah for this one was definitely one i got to experience and i definitely was like what what <laughs> it was definitely uh i don't know if they still did a good job explaining what happened exactly but you know bless them for trying it and i thought it was a very uh you know, we already had that tragic, over-the-top David Tennant death scene. I yeah. don't want to go. Um, so it was nice with this one where you kind of expect a redo of that. And then, you know, he's like, oh, I'm ready. I'm good. Take me. Mm -hmm. And then he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. So It's got a whole other person growing out of him. <laughs> Sarah, what are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, like, it's because the rules of the game were like in play and it's kind of like how the TARDIS split into two and so therefore you know David Tennant and Judy Gatwood could just like I don't know just tree branch out of it but um yeah I was shocked I usually film my reactions to the regenerations like lately um but <laughs> I think my reaction was like how David Tennant's reaction was when he discovered you know he came yeah. out of Jody Whitaker like I was like what just happened <laughs> like is this actually a thing for a second i actually thought like after shooty got out of him like david was going to collapse and like just like die there die on the but, floor yeah mm. yeah no that did not happen they they keep like making these rules and then they break them so it's like i, I yeah. get it like w what's the fun of having rules if you can't break them so i thought that was really really cool and then at the end when they split up Half his half the clothes he's wearing, and the other half the clothes of the other person. So he's wearing pants. The other person's wearing underwear. He's wearing socks. The other person's wearing shoes. It's just so funny to me. Uh, I really, really like that. And then they end up challenging him to a game. And since they're both the doctor, technically both of them have to play him. But they play the most simple game in the world ball <laughs> yeah, ball so yeah they're just playing catch um and like they're doing all these dives and all these ridiculous thing i was like okay this went on a little bit longer than it should have it was great but i think it went on a little bit too long uh nick what are your thoughts about the game so yeah i kind of completely agree with you um i kind of uh i saw a review of this where it said that the doctor should have been more they should have done something more doctory 
um, mm -hmm. to like, or use the doctor's intelligence or whatever. Uh, but with that being said, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of anticlimactic as like, oh, this, you know, space god creature and he's beaten by a simple game. But at the same time, there's some beautiful poetry in that mm -hmm. almost. Uh, I'm still struggling with my thoughts on that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, who thought the doctor had such good hand eye coordination? <laughs> uh, Sarah, what are your thoughts about the final climatic scene with the game ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was a bit too long. Um, I definitely think it was foreshadowed, though, at the beginning of the episode when, yes. uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris was like throwing the balls at uh, David. Oh, yeah. Like, you're right. This is going to come yes. up. You're like, this is also a long scene. And, um, yeah, that I thought. Yeah, it was a really long scene to be honest. That last one, um, yeah. but like Nick was saying, I think there was something beautiful that you know, a game that you can play when you're like three was a game that you know the doctors and you know um, the toy maker played. Yeah, it's technically the first game ever made. Some problem, some guy probably picked up a rock and was like, "Here, catch!" <laughs> that <laughs> became a game. I totally get that. Uh, so at this point, they win, and what they decide to do is, you know, they're like, I get my my reward, and his reward is to send him somewhere far away, and he is gone. Uh, and then th they're like, okay, what do we do now? We have uh, two doctors. And, you know, the new doctor is like, hey, bro, why don't you retire? <laughs> why don't you take a break? <laughs> He's like, no, I can't ever leave the TARDIS. And then he realizes that, wait, he won the game, too. So he also has a wish and he makes a wish to double the TARDIS. And now the TARDIS, there's two TARDIS. Uh, he, he gets his own TARDIS. Uh, well, the new doctor had the jukebox in his. The other one doesn't have a jukebox. That's how you know which one is which. Um, and then. He gets to go and live this life with Donna, which is something that he didn't know he always wanted, but he wanted. Now he has a family. He can live. He can retire. And then the other doctor could go around saving all of these people. Everyone's happy. Um, I thought it was a great way to end it. It's not a way I would predicted it. I would have never seen that coming. Just him to just live and be a, a duplicate of the other doctor and then retire. But I don't know. I thought it was... It was satisfying at the very least. What are your thoughts about it, uh, Sarah? Yeah, I thought it was very satisfying. Like by the end, I was like, okay. It also felt like a fresh start for mm -hmm. Shooty. Like it kind of yeah. felt like, okay, all of this baggage is going to be left with, you know, David Tennant, unfortunately, <laughs> going to be left with David Tennant. Um, but like Shooty's starting from absolute scratch, kind of like how I don't, I kind of like pictured it like a baby, you know, he's completely new. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely thought it was really satisfying and it felt, uh, it felt, it felt good by the end. Yeah. Very cool, man. And then, um, uh, yeah. And that was it, man. That was the end of these episode. And I really, really liked it. And I thought these episodes were really good. I thought they completely encapsulated everything Doctor Who is. It definitely felt like classic Doctor Who, uh, big fans, but what are your thoughts about the new doctor? So Nick, do you want to go first? What were your initial thoughts? Yeah, so uh, Chudy Gatwa completely won me over immediately. Um, and spoiler for next week, he continues to win me over. Um, mm -hmm. I He just had that energy and just like it, it, immediately, even like five seconds, he's, you're just like, that's the doctor right there. Um, and yeah, I would say Chudy Gatwa was probably one of the best parts of these three specials. Yep. Uh, Sarah, what about you? 
I'm really excited to see what he does. I think he has a lot of charisma, a lot of energy. He kind of feels like, like, I mean, I know Matt Smith's my doctor and the 11th doctor, but it kind of feels like the beginning of the 11th doctor and how he was like so energized and just like ready. He's got uh, a very like spirited attitude. And I think that's really something that's needed, especially after, um, you know, we had Peter Capaldi, who was a little bit on the darker side. Also, mm-hmm. like Jodie Whittaker was not so in touch. And then now we have Shooty, who's like, just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going <laughs> like, I'm very yeah. excited. All right. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much thank fun. Yeah. I definitely want you guys yeah, back for you. next week when we go over the Christmas special. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll go over it. Uh, before we leave, Sarah, can you let people know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on TikTok. I'm at movies underscore and underscore T and then straight up at movies and T on Instagram. Um, and I'm also on YouTube at movies and T. Cool, cool. Nick, Nick, do you want people to find you or are you just good? Uh, I so if you follow me on Instagram, Nick Cooper 1991, uh, that's kind of where I spend most of my time. Uh, so if you want to follow me there, go ahead. Um, and yeah, I'd love to get new followers. All right, great. Thank you guys so much, man. And until next time, guys, salam nerds. Bye.